It's not about politics, it's about football. This is a simple game. We're gonna run the ball, and we're gonna pass the ball. He's just gonna play football, really. How good of a football player are you? I just get in and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year. Just football here in Mobile, Alabama for the 2023 Senior Bowl. It is post day three of practices, which means we are here to recap what was Senior Bowl practice week. Trevor Sycamore, Mike Brenner here with you guys. Mike, how are we feeling today? Uh, I'm feeling a little cold. We went from getting sunburned on Tuesday to now freezing our nips off here on Thursday. Full, speak for your own nips, by the way. But <laughs> full cycle here yeah. of weather, which is it's what these NFL coaches want to see from these exactly. players, right? How it's like in the beating sun, and then you got the rain and cold conditions. And so it felt like we just got the full mobile experience. I was going to say, days. it felt like we lived through a whole NFL season right here. We got it was warm to start, and now it's turned into basically playoff time. True. So now there's no excuse. NFL teams know exactly what they're going to get from these players from all three days that we saw of practice. So we're obviously going to recap kind of what we saw here on day three, but this show is going to be more of a total Senior Bowl recap with all three practices in the books. We're going to give you all types of superlatives. We're going to give you our favorite quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Plus, we're going to get to some favorite surprises, best moment. We're going to talk about best team fits for different players, all sorts of stuff. But uh, you want to start with – where do we want to start? Which position do you want to start with here as we get into the superlatives? Ooh. Can we start with – let's start with O-line. Okay. Trenches. Starting with trenches. Start with the trenches. Trying to get on the big boys' good side here, starting with exactly. the trenches. We'll go O-line, and then we'll flip it over to D-line. So, offensive line. We'll each bring a different guy to the table from what we thought about here. Who do you think won the week from the offensive line? Well, I just want to say, I want to, I want to start with O-line, D-line, wide receiver, CB, because those are the positions that matter the most. Those okay. are the positions where you're really getting good – additional info from an evaluation perspective yep. running back safety linebacker you can't tell as much i'll just say but offensive line the guy i thought really stood out and really kind of solidified himself as maybe a top 50 pick in this draft is tcu's steve avila top 50 let's go Mike. i mean he is built like a guard standing next to him he filled up his helmet i mean he's got just a guy who is just built to be 330 plus pounds. Mm. He is a wide built dude. That is how you want your guards to look. You want your guards to not be those guys that lose 100 pounds after retirement and are, <laughs> you know, looking like Jeff Saturday does right now. You want them to be. Hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Interim head coach Jeff Saturday. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I can't uh, disrespect you, that. You want them to be thick boys. And that is Steve Avila. Is and, and thick and nimble, though. Steve Avila in the past pro one-on-ones, as soon as he got his hands on guys, set, dropped anchor, and he just did not move back into the pocket. So, to me, he was the most impressive for all the guys who had their full week of practice. And a day three shout-out to him as well. I was watching him in the pass protection drill. Specifically, he was going up against Zach Pickens for South Carolina, who is a big boy. You know, mm-hmm. this is the two of the bigger guys going up against each other. And there was one specific rep where Avila got low. He got his hands exactly where he needed to, and he stonewalled Pickens so much so that he controlled them all the way to just driving him outside of the pocket and then even throwing him outside of the pocket. It was one of the best interior pass protection reps I think I saw all week. Feels like one of the most dominant ones, so I love the shout-out there. I'm going to go back to a guy who I had as a dog of the day at one point here during these shows. It's Minnesota's John Michael Schmitz. I have to pick him because yeah. he, he just feels like a player. We talked about him yesterday. 
center one in this draft class. So at least we believe he's going to get drafted as center one in this draft class. And I felt like, to, to your point, guys that showed up all three days, he was consistently one of the better players. Not to say he was perfect, not to say he didn't lose a couple of reps here and there, but a lot of the biggest plays that we saw during the scrimmage portion, he was a big part of. He was the one who was able to seal blocks and get those running backs in big open spaces. We saw him in the pass protection drills, in the run blocking drills as well. And it just felt like his mentality, his strength, the uh, acumen that he just he had for the position, it feels like he just understands how to play center so well. And that showed up so many times this week. I feel like he solidified that status as a top center. If you need a center, a pure center in this draft class, this is the guy that you go with. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say you know he's definitely going to be an elite center, but I think he's one of the higher floor players in this draft class. Yeah, long I, I, I would agree. I would agree with you there. I'm not saying he's going to be a first round guy yeah. either. We talked about you know Tyler Linderbaum, kind of a guy who went in the first round last year. I don't think Michael Schmitz is going in the first round, but still, I think he's going to be a solid day two player wherever yes. you get him. 100% agree. You want to go D-line next? Let's go D-line. Okay, so what's defensive line? My defensive lineman standout for the week is Adi Tamiwa Adebor. I, oh, no, Adebore. You were close. It. I was, I was, I was nailed it yesterday. It I was first on, try. Yeah. I should, if I didn't correct myself, no one probably would have I, said I would have rolled with it. But. but Northwestern DT comes in and just shows a complete skill set, right? 280 pounds, a guy who played more edge this past year than interior and came here and just said, basically, I'm an interior guy and – I'm capable of holding up in the run game, and I am a force to be reckoned with yep. as a pass rusher when I can get my hands on you because unique build for the position. We've talked about him a lot, but even again, once again today, had the rep of the day when he took Jared Patterson, the Notre Dame, into your offensive lineman. Wow. Probably about 15 yards back on a bull rush that ended up in a fight that we're going to talk about a little bit later, too. <laughs> that, was, that was the best rep of the day. Yeah. Anytime you win a rep in the trenches, so much so that you cause a fight afterwards— I, that, that has to go for one of the biggest moments uh, of the week, no question about it. And, dude, I, I thought Jared Patterson's actually looked solid. Yeah. I feel like throughout and he was solid, yeah. Right, and and for him to just get absolutely bull rushed, like you said, 10, 15 yards back, whatever it was, um, that was a super impressive rep. We've talked about him a ton during the week because he has such that unique build, right? The, the, the smaller height but the longer arm length, it makes him such a unique player and one that uh, I think is definitely going to stand out on draft boards. You agree? Yeah, and it's like the leverage that you play with when you're six foot one. guys hate blocking that because you can't get under. So you don't really have recourse when he fires off the line low. You kind of just got to hold on for dear life and hope that he can't get off your block. But then, like, a lot of – you know, a lot of six one DTs then have like thirty two inch arms, but thirty four inch arms. You know, like six one with that length is uh, a different animal, and we saw it this week. Yeah, I was sitting there watching practice and, and watching some of those reps, and I was actually standing next to former LSU Tiger, former San Diego Charger, Denver Bronco, Jacob Hester, and he was telling me he's like, I hated having to block those guys that are around like six feet, six feet one because of the natural leverage that they have. Yep. He's like, man, you get me going up against a six foot three, six foot four edge rusher. He's like, not that I win every rep, but I'm okay with it because I knew I could get underneath those guys. Mm -hmm. But it's those players that are a little bit lower that can get that natural leverage that even he said, like, it's so hard to help block. It's so hard to just really be able to handle those guys because they can get so no low, which I thought was a great note. I got to give a shout out to Keanu Benton. I've yes. talked about him, I feel like, on every single show, but that's why he's got to be a winner for me here. The Wisconsin defensive tackle, we mentioned a little bit of his background, kind of made his name as a run-stuffing nose tackle, a guy who plays zero, shade, you know, all those things on the interior where you're taking up multiple blocks, and so I think his size and his strength is something that really got him playing time early on in Wisconsin. But this past year, 
he really took to heart being a better pass rusher. He wanted to be more of a complete player. I think he really started to see that as the season went on throughout his tape at Wisconsin. And he put on a show this week. I thought there were a handful of reps where, man, if you were to cut up the top 10 defensive line reps of the week, he might have three of them. You know, he might. Mm-hmm. It was just very impressive how well he was able to uh, move his hands, disengage, get that club rip, get the swim move in there, and it's just a variety of different pass rush moves. And this is the place to put it on display. And so I, I just thought that he did a great job, and he definitely made some money for himself. Yeah, he's probably in terms of interior defensive linemen that were here. I would still bet he's first off the board. Oh, come in. Yeah. Not, not a great class. You know, like, no, 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 no. I, I agree with you, but I guess I never – I didn't think of it that way, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people – we have conversations, whether it's uh, on the sideline or after practice, you go like, oh, who's going to be the highest graded guy or highest drafted guy here? But I didn't think about it, but I, I, I probably agree with you Benton's that Benton's going to be that first defensive tackle off the board for Mobile. Yeah. All right, corners and wide receivers. You said you wanted to hit them next. You want to go wide receiver? You want to go corner? I'll give you the choice. Let's go wide receiver. Okay. I'll go Tank Dell. We talked about him a ton he just was he won every single one so much so that he just didn't show up today <laughs> first few days i don't, I don't he know knew, if he needed to he man. knew what he did yeah. he knew what he put on tape and he said i don't need a third day of not losing a rep in one-on-ones right. to show you that i got the goods so yeah tank dell is that dude he's him I feel like he was pretty untouchable all week long and and you know we love to see these guys obviously for all three days but to your point i mean what Dell was able to put out there, the social clips that everybody saw, you know, the the, the skill set that he was able to put on display over those first few days, the third day probably would have just been more of the same. And, and so I agree with you. What, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but you still comfortable with maybe second round for Tank yeah. Dell, third round, oh, something yeah. like that? What I, do you think? I, I think second round. I, I think that he will go in that range still, okay. especially in a class that we'll talk about when we do some mock drafts that after about pick 20, you're like, who? Who, who am I picking? All right. um, a lot of uh, not not strong on depth in this class, we'll say. All right, so for wide receiver, I got to go our boy Michael Wilson. Right? Oh, yeah. There's a couple of different wide receivers who actually really showed up as the week went on. Jaden Reed is somebody who I wanted to shout out, who I think um, was playing really well as the week went on, the Michigan State wide receiver. Uh, but it, Michael Wilson's that guy, the guy from Stanford. We talked about him a lot in the first show, the recap show, where – um, didn't play a ton at Stanford because of injury. Only played in 14 games over the last three seasons. But when he's been on the field, he has been productive. And I thought he was able to put a lot of uh, a lot of his skill sets on display. It feels like he just understands how to win at the wide receiver position. Whether it was knowledge of the releases, switching up his releases, winning right off the snap, getting into his routes, uh, it being very subtle with either moving slightly to the left, slightly to the right as he's going vertical up the field getting these corners to flip their hips or boxing them out and then being able to put his foot in the ground and really change direction. He just understands the mechanics and the success of playing wide receiver. So I had to give him the shout-out. I had to give him my wide receiver of the week title. Yeah, it's hard to pick between him and Dell because they didn't lose. You know, like the one-on-ones, they were winning every single one. So it's a toss-up. It's one of those two. They both made themselves some money. Yosevich is another guy, the Princeton wide receiver, who I thought had a good week. I mean, he was able to put his speed on display. He even had a really nice contested catch on day two, so I wanted to make sure that I noted him as well. Rasheed Rice, I thought, had a good day three. I felt like this past day was the best one for him when it came to contested catches, especially they did a lot of work in the red zone, so I feel like uh, he was able to shine there as, as that's going to be his bread and butter is kind of catching through tra- through traffic. But, um, yeah, what about defensive backs? Who you got for DBs? Flip side of the coin, I am going Tyreek Stevenson, the Miami cornerback. We didn't get to see him again today. I was going to say, you know, guys, non-day three guys. Yeah, just going against guys who only played twice. But 
I think only allowed one catch in, in the one-on-ones. Uh, one catch, like, down the football field. Maybe allowed one underneath. But mm-hmm. any time anyone tried to go deep on him or, or get down the football field, he either was in their hip pocket or he stopped them before even getting there. So uh, the physicality he plays with, the size, and, and then the recovery speed that he showed on display, uh, I think he has kind of a complete skill set that is going to end up going high in this draft. Do you think he's a potential first-round guy? You think there's a chance? In this corner class, I don't think so. It'd be tough. It'd be tough, It'd exactly. Be tough to like in this corner class, because we're going to see four or five others go already. Mm-hmm. N- not to say that that's you know, always how it goes. Talent obviously still talks, and it's a valuable position. Sure. But it's just more the that decision comes into play where if you're in the middle of the first round and you're like, hey, do I draft one of these corners? Knowing at pick 45, 50, I can get you probably get a good one. Another corner also. So yeah, yeah I think the decision's gonna go. Let's tack, let's draft an offensive tackle. Let's draft a more scarce position. No, I could under, I could understand that. I'm gonna go with South Carolina cornerback Darius Rush. This is somebody I was really impressed with yesterday. If you watched the day two recap show, you know that I shouted him out there. But it was another day where I felt like he he played very well. He was communicating very well with the safeties and the guys who were around him in his secondary. And I just felt like he was able to stick with a lot of these wide receivers this week. I don't know if it was just the fact that there weren't, there wasn't a ton of speed here at the wide receiver position in mobile, but whatever it was, I felt like his ability to recover, you know, and I think that that is an underrated part of playing corner, knowing that you're going to get beat sometimes off the release and not panicking, Mm -hmm. being able to recover, whether it's having that speed or just having that headspace to know what to do after that, to not panic, to not, run into the wide receiver or commit a penalty he wasn't doing any of that I felt like he was just very cool he's calm and collected and when he knew that ball was coming when that ball was thrown he would kind of go to that next gear try to cut it off try to get his hands on it forcing and completion so I was very very impressed with Darius Rush all week but it also just it seemed like he got better as the week went on including what we saw here on day three yeah and getting your hands on football so I think he had multiple picks over the course of the week just in the Mm one-on-ones which is something that you either have or you don't. That ability to attack the football, the wherewithal, the awareness that some guys are just lost when the ball is in the air. They can't track both a wide receiver and a football in the air. Rush obviously has that ability that changes games at the next level that everyone wants because a lot of guys can be there at the catch point. Not a lot of guys can consistently affect the catch point. We saw that with Rush. All right, what about running back? Let's go to running back. We'll do running back, and then we'll do linebacker, so we'll flip those two positions. Your first one with running back, who won the week? Yes, Tajay Spears. It, truthfully, yeah, there's, there's this is, one this is the one. This is the one. You have a different answer, but I think it's because you saw mine. Put it I, I did. I saw, I saw yours, and I wanted to give somebody else a shout-out. It's a two-lane right. running back. He's just too explosive. Now, he had the viral route from the backfield today that took like five seconds that's getting overblown don't worry <laughs> the about whip route? the whip Is that route what you're saying? the whip route from running back that happens all the time right you always see whips <laughs> from running backs um that one was absurd but it's, it more speaks to the movement skills that he possesses yeah. his ability to bend the flexibility in and out of his cuts combined with his explosiveness is like that's what you want if you're gonna be an undersized running back in the nfl toting the rock for a full workload it, it better look like what Taj spears looks like prove that's it yeah i'm not gonna say uh too much on tajay spears because uh i'm gonna be talking about him in a few minutes here a little bit later but he was fantastic and there was even a moment in the corner of the end zone when they were doing the uh, the the red zone drill where he was full extension dive 
for a catch in the back corner and he just he could not come down with it but it was it was impressive that he was able to give himself a chance his athleticism was standing out the whole time I'll go Kenny McIntosh the Georgia running back and I'm really impressed with how he was able to do in the pass catching drills and in the pass protection drills and I feel like that's really where Kenny McIntosh is going to make a difference he feels like a guy who has a third down skill set that's just going to stick around in the league for a long, long time, right? Maybe he won't be an early down guy. Maybe he's not going to be a workhorse back, but he feels like a player who can have a long NFL career because of what he is able to do on third down. So that's something that really stood out to me. Spears is the answer for a, for the running back who won the week, but I do feel like Kenny McIntosh really carved himself out a nice role. And when it comes to I I, want to say day three. I mean, maybe the third round if somebody really likes him, but probably day three, he'd be a priority day three running back because of the faith that you have in those uh, those late downs. So I went with McIntosh. Yeah, he kind of – he's that back that you can ask him to do anything. Right, he may not be the guy that you want as a starter, which is why I think he goes on a day three. Like he may not bring a ton of high end, but as a receiver, as a runner, he can – he has a complete skill set. You can basically put him in any role, and he'll be fine. Linebackers. Who's your linebacker shout-out? We got Linebacker of the week, as I said before, after O-line, D-line, wide receiver, cornerback, this is more like personal preference. Mm-hmm. Like, There's not a lot of reps that's like, oh, wow, uh, this guy's definitely linebacker of the week. But I thought Diane Henley, the Washington State linebacker, rocked in up. coverage. Rocked up. Yeah, rocked up. Former wide receiver. Nevada started his career there, transferred to Washington State. Six-year player, but only a few years playing the defensive side of the ball. I just thought the movement skills were different than anyone else in this linebacker class in coverage. Just the smoothness mm-hmm. which, with which he can turn his hips and react to whether it's tight ends or running backs in the one-on-ones. I think that's a skill set that you, just, you have to have to be a difference maker at the NFL in the NFL level nowadays uh, as an off-ball linebacker. On-ball, blitzer type, maybe you can be a little bit limited, but that skill set is something that I think is going to be coveted, and he's – the top linebacker here. I'll go the, the other direction with linebacker. I'll go the guy that you gave a shout-out to. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah. Ivan Pace Jr. From, uh, from, from, from Cincinnati. He's not somebody who I think is going to do a ton in coverage, but he is somebody who if you just give him a green light and you say, go attack the A or the B gap, he will give you his all. He will charge the A and the B gap and blitz like any linebacker oh, can yeah. in this class. And so I, I felt like, look, let's be honest. When you have the drills where it's pass protection, it's one-on-one running backs, linebackers, linebackers are probably going to win that drill more often than not. But he was dominating those drills, so much so that you wanted to see it stand out in that regard. So Pace is somebody who I wanted to give a shout-out to because, you know, like McIntosh, mm-hmm. like like a guy who was kind of had a streamlined role, right? He was able to showcase that. And I think yes. that NFL teams who watch this week are going to know this is what we get in this guy. And that kind of confidence in that player – Maybe get you drafted a little bit higher on day three, wherever he's going to go. You know? Yeah, I think it'd be different what he did as a blitzer if it wasn't exactly what we saw on tape at Cincy, right? Like he was a part of their third down packages as a rusher for mm-hmm. Cincinnati. He was lined up on the line of scrimmage, going head to head with offensive linemen and beating them. And, and now I don't think that's something like transitioning to on ball roll. He's not going to be Michael Parsons. We can get that out of the way right now. But I do think. He can be a value-add in third-down packages as a spy because he is still fast, because he is twitched up at that size, and because he is capable and knows how to basically avoid and take on blocks and get to ball carries. He's shown it 
between Miami, between Cincinnati, between here. So uh, you've seen enough from him now that in that role he can succeed at the next level. Mike just called him Michael Parsons. The next Michael Parsons. That's right. You did hear that. That's right. That's, that's I said, what, that's I said his name. I also wanted to shout out to Marvion Overshone, the Texas linebacker. I didn't see enough of him. I've got to go back and watch mm-hmm. that All-22 tape that we're going to get. But like from what I saw, super unique build for a linebacker, really long dude can be very effective in coverage, and so I just wanted to shout him out as well. I thought he had a handful of, of really nice reps. Uh, last one's quarterback. Anybody stand out for you for the quarterback position? position? No, you got anything? I'm not, even, I'm not even going to. You're not giving love to anybody? I'm not going to come front on, and Mike, act like come on. any of these quarterbacks came here and showed anything You're a that hater. makes me intrigued at all from them from an NFL perspective. I, and I was excited to see Jake Hayner. Like, I was excited to see the Fresno State because he's a gamer. I thought he was a guy who rises to the occasion or rose to the occasion a lot on his tape at Fresno State. Did not think he rose to the occasion oh, here. I, are, I don't think any of them did. You are to way the degree too harsh where right now. I, I'm even intrigued by it. You're way too harsh right now. Look, be, my top quarterback in this week, I got to give it to Max Duggan because when the scrimmage period was on, when it was 11 on 11, when it was ball, if you will say, I think he looked good. Especially, I mean, the red red zone drill as well. He was delivering the ball where he needed to. I felt like he wasn't totally panicking under pressure. Ball was going where it needed to. I think that Max Duggan was the top quarterback this week. But I also will shout out Jake Hayner because I thought Hayner got better as the week went on. You know, early on in senior bowls, first practice, this is really how it's like with any quarterback. A lot of check downs, a lot of short stuff. You're learning the playbook. You're learning wide receivers. And as the week goes on, you kind of you kind of open up a little bit, right? And you let loose. I felt like Hayner had another confident practice and his most confident practice on day three. So, are you drafting this guy to be a franchise quarterback? No, probably not. But I do love the fact that he got better every single practice, and I think that NFL teams noticed that as well. So those two guys, I think, I, I think made some money for themselves, even if they're going to be day three quarterbacks. You can draft them. Go ahead. All you. You, you know what? If they're all NFL, for you. Look, I'm leaving it for you. Look, if any NFL team out there wants to give me a job, um, I'll draft these you, guys. You on got Jake Hayner in the fifth round. <laughs> Damn it, we're going to win. Uh, okay, so let's go to some other superlatives. Biggest riser on the week. Who you got? So riser, Any position, any, position, yeah, yeah. any team. Riser, to me, is a very subjective, like it's a very individual term to use because it can only rise on your board, right? Like it, if you were already high as – if you already had – let's say Michael Wilson, the Stanford wide receiver, mm-hmm. is the top 20 player in this class. Mm-hmm. Well, he didn't rise. You knew. You know, like that, then, then you just got your priors confirmed. So for me, the biggest riser was Dewan Jones, the Ohio State tackle. Because heading into this, I was not high. He was in the 70s on the PFF draft board. I thought he's a nice guy uh, towards the back end of day two. They just kind of take a, a shot on and see if he can, you know, maybe evolve into the position. But I think already he is a much more NFL-ready player than I was giving him credit for. I think he knows how to work around his athletic limitations better than I gave him credit for, and I think there is a role or a position for him at the NFL level that he can be a, not even just starting caliber tackle, he can be a dominant tackle in certain schemes to where if someone wants to take him, I'm not putting him probably in the top 30 on the draft board. He's a top 50 player for sure. And if someone wants to take him at the back end of the first round, I, I don't think that's the craziest draft pick I've ever seen. Okay. I mean, that would constitute a big riser. Right. Yes. I so mean, that's there, a there big are a lot riser of people who were thinking of him as like a mid-round, maybe like fourth-round pick, just yeah. a, maybe a big dude that you take a chance mm-hmm. on. So for you to even say that he would be a potential top 50 selection, that's a massive rise. Look, I know some people were really big on, on this player coming into the week. I wasn't as bullish on him, but Will McDonald. From Iowa State. Yeah. I, I liked Will McDonald, but I thought, look, I looked at him as you said, all right, 
speed guy, lighter guy. I'm not sure he's going to win as much with speed when we get to the NFL level. After seeing him this week go up against all different types of offensive linemen, including an offensive lineman that I really like in Darnell Wright, and continuing to get the better of him, that's a big riser on my board. That means that what you bring to the table, I did not evaluate well enough. I think that he brings a speed element that is not just attacking to the outside shoulder. Mm -hmm. He also brought speed with plenty of great counters to the inside. Not just pass rush moves, but timing as well. Mm -hmm. The timing of when to go inside, when he knew that offensive tackles were way too open, letting that inside lane open up. So I, I just feel as though... He is somebody who I think made a lot of money for himself because of how well he was. He has been positioned here. Yeah, and 241 pounds. Uh, I just want to say, like, 240 pounds is not all built the same. You know, not every guy who is at that size you'd consider undersized, but some guys have the explosiveness and power behind them to not have to gain a single pound. And I think I'd put McDonald in that camp. He's, that he was good enough. He, yes. he is for yes. sure a and guy that, goes that into it. is not going to be, maybe he's never going to be a plus elite run defender, but he's not going to be a liability. This is a three-down player at the next level. So the size concerns, I, I am not one of those who is banging the table that that will be an issue for him. What about somebody who was a little bit disappointing on the week? Somebody who you're really excited about going into things, who maybe just didn't live up to the hype, maybe needs a big bounce-back performance yeah. at the combine or whatever to kind of help their momentum moving forward. Yeah, I think it's got to be, for me, Andre Carter, the Army edge defender. Now, I'm not giving up on him by any means, but I had hoped he would come here and really sort of even just this whole past year, I was kind of disappointed in his tape because I had hoped he would add considerable strength to his frame, add some power elements to his game, and show that he was the worst run defending defensive lineman here by a good margin. You just did not want him going one-on-one trying to set an edge. He got moved too easily. Um, And there was no... He either had to knock an offensive lineman's hands away entirely or he was not going to win the round. He, he could not get guys into his pads and then get those hands off him. So he's a guy who reminds me a lot of kind of Max Crosby coming out where the athleticism, the uncoachable quickness, bend, whatever you want, it is there. But if he does not put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle mass and quickly, you just can't see the football field. So hopefully that's the case. I remember when Max Crosby got drafted, Mike Mayak told him, hey, we're going to get you in the weight room. That's what it's got to be for Andre Carter. I right. still like him as probably a middle-of-the-day-two sort of guy, but I thought if he would have come here and really put his foot on the gas, he could have been a first-rounder. Don't see that happening or even come close. Now, this is a player for mine that I still really like. I, w- I want to make that very clear. But I was hoping to see a better week out of Illinois running back Chase Brown just because yeah. I like him a lot. He's really high in my running back rankings. And to be fair, Chase's style of where he's going to win in the NFL isn't really – it's it, it's not really going to be conducive to an event like this, right? It, it's not because you can't have a lot of contact against these linebackers. There's no, you know, getting through the play and breaking tackles, forcing missed tackles, all that. But what what disappointed me with Chase is the drops, the yeah. fumbles, the dropped passes, the lack of ball security in the game that we've got upcoming this Saturday. No fumbles, no drop passes. That's what I want to see from Chase Brown. I would like to see him bounce back in that way and be a little bit more um, focused when the football is coming to him because this is just a damn good football player. And I I think that he could be fantastic in the NFL. But you got to secure the football. you got to secure the football to get on the field to show your stuff. So still really like Chase Brown. Also really like this brother. I I thought that Sidney Brown had a great week as well. Like him, but I was – I was hoping we wouldn't have these fumbling problems. They did have two opposite weeks. Sidney Brown had one of the Sydney best. Because Sidney Brown had awesome weeks. In terms of the safeties yeah. comparatively, we obviously lumped all the defensive backs together. But if it was just safety, Sidney Brown would have gotten my top for that award. Um, but on the other side, running back, 
drops, fumbles, quick way to never see the field. Yeah, and we don't want that because Chase is a damn good running back and I want him on the field. Uh, Surprise. Who's the biggest surprise this week? Biggest surprise for me was Michael Wilson, the Stanford wide receiver. I just did not expect that caliber of dominance. That's why I was like hoping we'd see from a guy like Rasheed Rice, the SMU wide receiver who's Mm -hmm. super productive. But Wilson, you know, a wholly unproductive wide receiver at Stanford. You know, we've talked about how he didn't play much, but even in those games, even like 14 games, he still had just over the last three seasons, still had under 900 yards in those 14 games. So it was not like a feature focal point of the Stanford offense, but obviously injuries paid a massive factor into that. And I think you're seeing him fully healthy now. And when you guys fully healthy, what he's doing, what he's doing here, you cannot fake. And that's why the real deal standouts here are valuable because those are guys that he's facing here that will be in the NFL next season that he could be going up against. And if you're dominating him here, probably still going to dominate him next year. Well, he was my guy too. So you there said I mean, you said all the I didn't even know that we had the same guy here. I'll shout out Jamie Robinson though, the Florida State, the Love Florida it. State safety who I thought was fantastic all week. I didn't know a ton about him coming into the week, and he was really able to stand out amongst a good defensive back group. I was sitting uh, on the end zone watching the red zone drill, and just the way that he communicated, the competitiveness that this guy always has. It didn't matter what his rep was, who he was going up against. He was kind of talking with those guys a little bit, and he was talking with them after the rep too. Whether they got a really good catch, whether he made a really good play on him, he was making sure to be vocal it's those kinds of confident outgoing defensive backs that I always gravitate towards he's a physical guy he likes getting in your face I feel like that competitiveness it it, it was flowing through him at all times all week so Jamie Robinson from Florida State that's somebody that I'll shout out to as a good surprise biggest moment of the week what do we got what's your superlative for the biggest moment it was today we were me and Dave Solfaro who captured the moment on Twitter and you've probably seen it by now because it did go viral but when God damn it. You're close. You're close. Just like one syllable. You're close. You're close. When he, obviously, Bull Rush Jared Patterson put him about three feet from us. Tough. And thought we were going to get involved in a fight. Thought you were getting a rep. I was going to get my ass out of there if a fight (laughs) did break out because those are big dudes, and I am objectively not a big dude. That was a cool moment. Yeah. I mean, just being that close to it. I love the Tajay Spears touchdown moment. I said that I was going to talk about Tajay Spears a little bit, and, and he has been one of the biggest risers I think that we have had, or the biggest winner, I should just say, one of them from this event. You, you, It's really tough to stand out as a running back, and yet he was still able to. His movement skills, his one-cut ability, his able, his ability to um, force missed tackles, like that, that just was able to show up because it, he was that good at it. So whole week was fantastic, but there was a moment where – it was on day two. Nice little counter play. Follows the blocks exactly the way that he needs to. Shout out to the offensive line for blocking it up the way that he needed to. He gets to the second level, and he puts a move on the linebacker so much so that the linebacker was just whiffing it air. I don't even know who it was. I didn't mean for somebody to catch a stray here as I'm talking about Tajay Spears, but like it was unbelievable. And it was such a great run. It was such a, a, a good play by him that the whole offense just started screaming and sprinting to the end zone to go celebrate with him. And those are the best moments at the Senior Bowl. So I really love that one from him, uh, even outside of the whip route that he also won on day three, which you're not going to give him credit a good for. moment, though. Um, okay, so... Another one that we have here. This is the last superlative that we have. Favorite team player fit. So the whole week when we've been doing these shows, we've been having five different player uh, team fits. I want to know what your favorite was from the entire week. It doesn't have to be one that we already did on this show. It can be. But what's the one that when you think about these guys here, putting on a helmet for a certain team in a certain scheme, what gets you jazzed up? What do you like? It's the one I highlighted yesterday, and it is Osiris Torrance to the Lions. Obviously, I okay. would pick 18, more likely than not. <laughs> what an O-line. I just, exactly. I, I want 
an O-line that walks into every game next year and has the undoubted advantage. What that does from a schematic perspective for a play caller and one as good as Ben Johnson is invaluable. You cannot measure that because he just knows I can dial up whatever. Anything you want to draw on a chalkboard can be implemented in the game because you can get five out. You don't have to worry about that whatsoever. So I think that would be a pick that some might call a luxury pick. I would call smart team building if it were to happen. We'll be one hell of an O-line. Yeah. So I can't I, – I, I mean, I can't hate on it at all whatsoever. Yesterday, I think we had Tank Dell uh-huh. going to the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sw- I'm gonna switch it up. I'm sorry. Sav is out here clapping right next to me. He's a Cleveland Brown fan. I'm going to switch it up, though. What about Tank Dell to the Colts? All right. Uh-huh. You let Paris Campbell walk. You've got Alec Pierce, who's the vertical guy. You've got the big possession wide receiver in Michael Pittman Jr., but you still need that speed element. Yeah. I well, think that could be tanked out. I mean, he's what they wanted on Paris Campbell, right? Paris right. Campbell tested like that guy is objectively not that guy. Well, he just wasn't reliable. And so he, might be, he might be moving on from him anyway. That, that's a lot of weapons for Will Levis. That's a lot of weapons. Oh, for Will <laughs> Will Levis slide into there. But, yeah, like tanked out of the Colts. So yeah. I think that that kind of rounds out their wide receiver room. It gives him – like you mentioned, that's what they have wanted out of Paris Campbell. And yes. it just feels like Paris Campbell might be on his way out. So if he is, you still Should have be. to get some juice in there. You've yeah. got to get some juice on that room. So yeah. He's – Dell is a much, much better version of what Paris – they wanted Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell's just not that sudden route runner. I mean, he's a hell of a straight-line, linear athlete, but he is just not the level of dynamism Tank Dell brings. I know we don't have this in the rundown, but before we get out of here, you have a dog of the week. Oh yeah, dogs like a, just like a dog of the week. I do. You do. Quinn's got a dog of the week. What Mother Nature. Mother oh. Nature. Sun. <laughs> Wind. Of the week. Rain. Cold. You can see it on the screen. You can hear it in the mics. Mother Nature was absolutely what putting a on a show. Ambiance behind us. No. Okay. The, the dog of the week. My yeah. money. Yes. Nesta Jade Silvera. Have not talked about him at all. Arizona State defensive tackle. Okay. No one chirped more. Love it. Throughout the week of practice Love than it. him. He was calling out offensive linemen. Now, sometimes uh, irresponsibly. He was not winning every <laughs> rep. But by no means was he like a top performer of the week. Like, had a solid week, but was not dominant by any means. But he was calling out guys by name, saying they were avoiding him, saying they didn't want to block him. And that's the kind of energy you need in the one on ones. That's a guy that will. Maybe he's not going to be a starter for you, but he will set a good tone for your football team. Um, I might go with Darnell Wright. Okay. Just because just he's I, – I love so much of his practice reps from day one to day two. I mentioned that Will McDonald got the better of him with speed a little bit, but Wright's more of a power guy. And if we're talking like dog of the week, like a mentality, he erased some guys that were trying to go into his chest, especially with – the way that guys were trying to bull rush him, and he was just having absolutely none of it, getting his hands on guys early. Mm-hmm. I loved it, man. I love what I saw. So there, I gotta go. I'm gonna go darn over. There was one point during the team drills that the offensive line across was darn or was Matthew Bergeron at left tackle. He goes like 322. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Steve Avila at left guard. He Beef. goes about 330. John Michael Schmitz at center goes Beef. about 320 plus. Right guard was Osiris Torrance, goes 337. Beef. And then right tackle is Darnell Wright, goes 342. That was just a offensive line that was basically like shoulder to shoulder in their stances because they're all so wide. That's how I would want to build an offensive line. That's if it. I was an NFL uh, GM. That's a steak and shake, five by five right there. That's oh, yeah. just five patties stacked on each other. Can't handle it. It was. I, I just wanted them to run. I was like, just fucking run. Run power. <laughs> Come on. But they didn't. They I think, no, oh, they didn't? Yeah. Oh, man. It was passing drill. It was like two minutes. Can't wait to take that. Hate that. Maybe they were saving it for the game. 
Maybe Ooh. we're just going to see an absolute bulldozer, like yeah. the flying V from Mighty Ducks, except it's the O line, and they they're just, just walking down sneak. the field. QB sneak like five times in a row. Get down the field. Could. Hey, Philadelphia Eagles are in the Super Bowl because of that exact strategy. Appreciate everybody watching all of our coverage of the Senior Bowl all week long. This has been a lot of fun for us to do, even through some wild weather conditions. Of course, let us know what you guys thought of the Senior Bowl. We know that you've seen the clips. You've listened to the shows. Tell us what players you want to see on your favorite team. We love hearing about those player team fits, so let us know in the comments. Appreciate everybody watching. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That's Mike Renner. We will be back with you one more time this week for a very special post-senior bowl mock draft. But until then, thanks guys for watching. It's just football. We'll see you next time. It's not about politics. It's about football. This is a simple game. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to pass the ball. He's just going to play football already. How good of a football player are you? I just get in and try to spin it. That's all. I just love the game. It really is the best time of the year.